0: I want you to think now, before we begin, I want you to think, and before I even mention it, I want, you know, to in order for this experiment to, to be proper, I want you to note the first things that come to your mind. You know, when I do these things, we, we kind of search our minds for the things that we should be thinking. Okay. I don't want the things you should be thinking. I want what comes to your mind immediately. Okay. And note those. I won't ask you to feed them back, so don't be afraid. You know, there's, this is, I don't do these things to embarrass you. I just do them to kind of, you know, look at your own selves, a little mirror. Okay. All right. So you ready? I want you to note the first things, the, the, the three things that are the most important to you three things the most important to you one two three the three things that are the most important you know keep those in the back of your mind all right then open your bibles to luke chapter 12 luke chapter 12 <clears throat> excuse me Luke chapter 12, 15 to 21. <clears throat> and Jesus said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, The land of a certain rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself saying, What shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? And he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Now the things that you were thinking about that I asked you before, ask yourself another question. Were they spiritual things or were they material things? Were you thinking about things that could be stored in barns, like money, like houses, like careers, cars, future, security, health? Were those the things that you were thinking about, one, two, three? Were they things that you could take to heaven with you, like faith, knowledge of God, service to others? Jesus says that we are foolish if our treasures are simply material things, and they're not spiritual things. So this morning, in our continuing series, on, <laughs> continuing series, our continuing non-series, <laughs> Of disjointed material, <laughs> we're going to talk about materialism. Materialism. We've talked about sex and drugs, we've talked about the occult, and those things are very dangerous. But the dangers of these other things compared to materialism is nothing. Materialism is a very, very subtle attack against our faith, against our soul. There's nothing more subtle than materialism. It kind of creeps into your life. Because we have to deal every day with materialism. Not every day we have to deal with the occult. And not every day we're tempted to, to practice illicit sex. Not every day we have to say no to the temptation of taking drugs or uh, not stealing, you know, I mean, not every day we have to come in contact with those things, but every single day we have to deal with materialism. Every single day we have to deal with this in small or large quantities, so it's, it's a problem. Materialism. Can someone give me a definition of materialism? And we hear it all the time, you know, but can you give me a definition of what it is, materialism? Okay, the desire for things? Let's put down some key words. Okay. Desire. Okay. Desire for things. Okay. Someone else maybe? Greed we do not have. Uh, what was the first? The greed. Oh greed. Okay. The greed uh, to possess. What we don't have. I'll write it in short form here okay like the farmer he says i don't want much in life just the field next to mine yes, <laughs> yes. okay after it's something you can touch okay it's uh, physical it deals with the physical right okay yes helen <laughs> okay uh, right uh, let me just write one word temporal right Temporal things, things that are just for a time, right? They, they will eventually deteriorate. Well, we've got parts of it. Uh, the desire for things, uh, greed to possess what we don't have. Uh, but the, uh, one of the key words missing, I'm just going to erase this for a second here. <clears throat> the key word here for materialism is the word emphasis. Materialism is the undue emphasis on the material rather than on the spiritual. In your life you can emphasize certain things, okay? Materialism is when you emphasize what is material rather than what is spiritual. When your priorities are all lined up with material things, like I said to you, you know, what are the three most important things? Again, this is for, our, I've done the test for myself, and believe me, material things were right, boom, right away. It's easy, because we're, we're, we're physical. Well, okay? it has to include material. I'm sorry, I didn't... Uh, in the three things, let's say, it, yeah. it has to include material. Yeah, yeah, it, it includes. So is, uh, let's say, you have to have a job. Yeah, right. family. Right, Absolutely. Right, spiritual fulfillment. So it's hard, you know, it's very hard not to have at least one or two, if not all three of the things. But the point is that materialism, this, this, this thing that destroys, this attitude, let's call it an attitude, okay, that destroys our faith, is when we emphasize material things over spiritual things. When, whenever there's a conflict between something that is material and spiritual, the material will always win out. Whenever there's a compromise that we have to make between something physical and something spiritual, the physical will always win over the, 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 um, the spiritual. Um, this is not to say, and get me right now, this is not to say that wealth is a bad thing. You know, Abraham was a rich man and Job was a rich man, and David was, and Solomon, and Saul, and, you know, a lot of these servants of God that God chose were very wealthy men and women. I mean, he raised them up to position. Daniel, and Joseph, and Esther, and uh, we read, remember the story of Esther? uh, And, uh, not Haman, but um, uh, Mordecai. You know, all of them were raised to position, a great position. Moses, you know, all these people we're wealthy and in very, very high position. On the contrary, we should thank God when we are blessed with abundance. I mean, when you have a lot, when, when all of a sudden you get that raise or that wonderful opportunity or someone gives you something, whatever. You know, I teach my kids, just say thank you. Don't feel guilty. Say thanks. You know, thank you, God. Thank you. You know, we, all of us here, we live in, in, this, in this wonderful uh, country that has uh, abundance of food and A variety, you know, not only can we eat as much as we want, we can buy whatever we want. That's amazing. Even people who are collecting welfare, okay, for one reason or other, can still have access to buying a variety of foods. I mean, this is a wonderful blessing that we have. Uh, So uh, having a lot isn't a sin. Uh, A lot of people think that materialism, you know, people are materialistic who have a lot. That's not materialism. Just having many things doesn't make you materialistic. Materialism occurs when our love for things becomes so strong that we will lie or cheat or steal, Okay, or hold back what we owe to God in order to invest it in material things, or we begin to refuse to share with those who are in need because we want to hang on to what is ours. Have you never had that? I mean, you know, I think all of us here are salaried people, right? We're all salaried. I mean, I'm on a salary. You guys are all on a salary of some kind or other, whether you collect a check from a company or from the government or from the church, as I do, and Heather does. We're all salaried people, right? And as salaried people, the end of the month comes and it gets a little thin, especially in my house because I get paid once a month. And for those of us who get paid on a monthly basis, boy, those months that have five weeks... Whew. But the, the fi- like this month that just went by, you know, the, the, it seems like forever, there's five weekends, you know, and that fifth week, you know, supplies are getting low, you know what I mean? And things are getting low, and I've got that check that I wrote out at the beginning of the month, you know, I took a portion for the Lord, and I, and I cut it up into four checks, let's say, four Sundays in a row, you see. Well, by the end of the month, I haven't got a whole lot left to pay other things, and my muffler goes, you know, on my car, and here I need the muffler, and I've got the check that I wrote at the beginning of the month for the Lord, and you know, I said, boy, the temptation is great. You see what I'm saying? The temptation is great to <laughs> kind of <laughs> borrow back from the Lord what I, already, what I already gave Him, you see. Materialism is when our love for things becomes so strong that we're willing to sin in order to gain and keep and refuse to share with other people. Or when we become ruthless To gain more things, like in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Some people are ruthless in their drive to gain more things, not just what they have, but to collect more. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, Paul says, Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Greed amounts to high. Greed amounts to idolatry. And so the desire for things above the desire for spiritual things, the desire uh, someone over here said, for things which we're not supposed to have. Or greed, the good definition of greed is never being satisfied with what we have. That's what greed is. Greed isn't having a lot. Greed is never being satisfied with what we do have, whether we have a lot or little that's what greed is and uh, okay and paul says that greed is a form of idolatry it's putting the desire for things ahead of the desire to possess well let me put it another way greed uh, or idolatry is the desire to, po- to to the greater desire to possess things than the desire to possess god when we'd rather have things than god then we're falling into idolatry go ahead mike okay. Absolutely. For things. things that, uh, yeah, for car. For, uh, yeah, some people will kill just for a car, just to possess a car. A few years ago, there was a, uh, um, a father of three, and uh, what he did, he uh, it was some time in the night, I guess, after 12 o'clock. Yeah. To collect the insurance, boy, isn't that incredible? To kill our own children? Now we're talking—almost, uh, you know, crazy. You know, extreme. We can go extreme, Yeah, yeah. We don't begin like that, do we? Yeah, yeah. When the desire for things In First Timothy—and here's a good follow-up to what you're saying. In First Timothy chapter six, verses nine and ten, he says, "But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare." and many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge men into ruin and destruction, the desire for things. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. There is the, this, this passage is the most misquoted passage in the Bible. How do people always quote it? Love is of all evil. No. Yeah, they say money is the root of all evil, but money isn't the root of all evil, it's the love of money, which is the root. Money isn't evil, money is nothing. Money is a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool. And we can, use, we can learn to use it properly or improperly, but it's the love of money that destroys uh, people. So he says, For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many a pang. And here he's talking to Christians, and he's saying to Christians, Be careful when your emphasis is on the material. And I don't mean just gaining things, I'm talking when the emphasis is on your career and on your things and on, you know, just the material and not on the spiritual, he says, the, the natural outcome is you wander away from the faith and destroy yourself. But listen to what he says in verse 11, he says, But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. These are the things we should long for, we should pursue, we should be thirsting after. Righteousness and godliness, faith and love. I don't have time to exposit all these words, but I think most of us are familiar with what he's talking about. Righteousness, a right way of living, and godliness, how to please God, and faith, the knowledge of the faith, and, 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 and what it means, and love towards one another, and perseverance, to persevere, to continue, to finish our lives faithful to Christ. These are the things that we should be Pursuing, not things, okay, not things. Um, I I mentioned this in the parentheses. Gambling, for example, is something that's based on greed, the desire to get something for nothing. Uh, Prostitution, many women and men go into prostitution, they say, to to support their drug habit. You know, they say most prostitution is because of drug habit, but at, at the base, what is prostitution? It's merely sex for what? for money and not for love, right? Uh, you, someone, uh, two people who fall in love and, uh, and have sex and, and they're not married, that is a sin, that's still fornication, but it's a whole lot different than someone who sells their body for money. You know, it's a different kind of sin, okay? Different kind of sin. That other sin is based on materialism. All right, now what causes, and for those of you who just come in, we're talking about materialism. What causes, why do people choose to make things and the accumulation of things their top priority over spiritual things? I mean, we all do it to one degree. I mean, I do it and I have to continually check myself and you do it too. We always think of materialism as people who own uh, the Bank of Montreal. They're the ones who are material, but we're all materialistic. Rich or poor, we all struggle with this this idea of the emphasis on materialism. Well, I think the reason we fall into this problem, this sin, is because people believe that prosperity and happiness go together. They believe that prosperity equals happiness. And the North American media pushes this idea. As a matter of fact, in the Eastern world, you know where communism is falling down and so on and so forth, this is, what, this is the new philosophy. Democracy, what does democracy mean? It means freedom, yes, it does mean freedom. Freedom to vote, But yeah. well, you talk to them, I've been listening to people on the street here, and what, they're, what all they're saying, especially like in East Germany, what are they saying? What do you hear them saying? We want to be free, why? We want prosperity. We want the prosperity that's in the West. I mean, and, and of course, you know, if you've, if you've not had food and the basics, of course, you want those things. But the key idea, the one motivating thing that keeps them going, they want prosperity because they believe that if they have prosperity, they will have happiness. And the political idea is democracy will bring prosperity and therefore will bring happiness. But has democracy brought happiness to this country? Absolutely not. It has prosperity, and prosperity, if it is used properly, can give great comfort and joy. But it doesn't all by itself bring happiness. I mean, you know, just drive around the West Island and and a a lot of beautiful homes and, 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 and two cars in the garage, but go into the house and find out how much happiness there is. You know, you can't. When I was a kid, I used to think if if you had a big house and a white picket fence in front and a nice, shiny car, you know, I used to go by. I remember I used to go in Rosemount, you know, I used to go by in Nouveau Rosemont and I'd say, I bet you those people are happy. Because the lawns were manicured and there was a sprinkler, you know, in the summertime and there was a shiny car guy. And as I grew up and I started knowing people who came out of those homes, (laughs) my goodness. They were beating each other, you know, wife beating, and, uh, and all kinds of alcoholism, all kinds of problems. All kinds of problems. So this belief causes people at every age and every social level to judge happiness and personal worth by the quality and the amount of things that you own. When I was uh, living on Louis Paré, when Lisa and I were first married, we lived in a two-and-a-half-room apartment with a sheep on a sheet a bed sheet across the window that I had colored to give it some color and we had a table and four chairs and a mattress you know on the floor almost and a lazy boy and we were happy we were just so happy we walked to church (laughs) from from you know 38th avenue to here we'd walk we'd walk to church or 26th rather 25th avenue we'd we'd walk here in the winter time and when Paul was born, we'd walk, we'd put him in the thing, and we'd walk to church, and we were happy. We had no car, no nothing. We were happy. And today, you know, many years later, we have a nice home in Point Clair, and there are two cars in the driveway, and God has blessed us in these many, many years. And we're still happy. In exactly the same way that we were in the two-and-a-half-room apartment with the sheet on the wall. And you know what? The house and the cars didn't make, doesn't make a difference because our happiness was centered in the fact that both of us had an abiding faith in Jesus Christ. And it's the one. Co- our life has changed since then, but the one thing that remains is that we both sincerely believe in Jesus Christ our Lord and we try to make Him the center of our lives and our family. And so because of that, we have confidence that if ever something happens that we have to go back to the two and a half apartment on Louis Paré we'll still be happy. Because it wasn't the change in material things that changed our happiness. We were happy before and we can be happy, happy again. So when people believe that happiness is produced when you have more and more things, Their priorities are set in such a way as to put all of their energies into getting things. I mean, if prosperity brings you happiness, well then you need to get an education and a good job and set yourself up and buy bonds and RSPs and and do all these things in order to guarantee your prosperity because prosperity brings happiness. And all of your priorities get set up in such a way to guarantee prosperity. I need to get a job, I need to get this, I need to do this, because I want to guarantee prosperity, because prosperity brings happiness. Work, education, saving, investing become the most important things because it is through these things that we can accumulate wealth. Period. And when this happens, spiritual things are sacrificed and the result is the exact opposite. We become unhappy. We become disenfranchised. We, we have an emptiness inside. How many businessmen end up 55 years old, you know, vice president of companies, they've scratched and clawed their way to the top, they've sacrificed, they've, you know, they've got their MBAs, they've got the whole nine yards, they get to be 52 years old and they just pop. And they say, well, why did I do this for? Why am I, why am I here? I got a BMW and I got a, you know, a Passat, whatever that is. (laughs) You know, we, you know, hi, hi Kathy, hi. Yeah, they got all this, they've got a house in the town, and uh, they've got the whole nine yards, and and they pop. There's a doctor, um, Dr. Labien. I had to write his name because I wanted to get the reference, and he did a study, an interesting study, on, and this is not a, he's not a Christian or a preacher, he's a sociologist, and he did a, a study on the um, effects of careers on the emotions. It was interesting how different careers affect emotions. And his study showed that half the people <clears throat> that he examined who were considered successful by their peers, when, when examined one on one in a controlled situation, admitted that they were not happy. Their peers considered them happy because their peers bought this route. Prosperity equals happiness, and so they saw Joe over here, who was prospering, who was making it, and so assumed that because he was making it, he was happy. But when when the, the sociologist talked to Joe, Joe said, "Yeah, I got all this stuff, but I'm not really, I'm not really happy." And so Jesus taught that happiness is not, and on the passage, for those of you who came in a little bit later, you know, we read the passage about the, the, the man who built the barns, you know, he says, I've got a great crop, what should I do now? Hey, I'll build bigger barns so I can store my crops and I can just, you know, relax, eat, drink, and be merry, you know. But Jesus taught in this parable that happiness is not based on what you have, but rather on who you are. That's, that's, that's what generates Joy. Things do not generate joy, it's who you are that generates joy. The only way to be, of course, that he taught, and the only who to be that brings lasting happiness and satisfaction is to be a disciple of Christ, because he can give you what you need to generate joy because joy is a spiritual thing it's not a fi- you know this bench cannot generate anything except a sore back if you sit on it long enough <laughs> you know joy is a spiritual thing it's it has it's not material it's not made out of atoms and molecules you know joy is something that God gives okay okay so how to avoid materialism well, I got about eight minutes I gotta, I gotta move it on here how do we avoid it we talked about some of the causes the main cause is buying into this idea of prosperity equals happiness and then setting up all our life's priorities uh, to, to bring us to prosperity. You know, we said, if we buy this, then we will also begin to make a top priority of our career and our this and our that and our education and our work and so on and so forth because all of this will give us this thinking that we'll get that. And if we do this, we're buying into the materialistic mode. And, and it'll just eat us alive because it'll keep us so busy chasing after this we won't have time to think. If we ever st- you ever notice people who are chasing this rainbow have no time for anything and the reason they have no time for anything is that if they ever stop to think for a minute they would realize they're not really happy. Okay, How do we avoid it? How do we avoid materialism? Well, <clears throat> you don't avoid materialism by becoming a monk. That was one way in the Middle Ages, you know, one way to avoid materialism. You know, the, the, the early fathers and that saw that the world was evil and so on and so forth, dualistic philosophy and this and that. And so they said, okay, a way to solve this problem is we just, we just pull out. You know, we go to the monastery, we, we put the hair shirts on and we tre- whip ourselves and we, the flesh is bad, bad, bad flesh, bad body, you know. And, and of course that didn't, that didn't work because they found out that no matter how much they subjugated the flesh, they were still sinful. <laughs> they still had evil desires, so that didn't, that didn't really work. So you don't know, becoming a monk, it's not by giving away all your possessions and becoming poor that you avoid materialism. The rich and the poor suffer from materialism because it's an attitude of the heart, not of the bank account. God loves rich people and poor people. Now, if you wish to keep your priorities straight and avoid being trapped by greed and materialism, the first rule is... be content. Be content with what you have, and I'll put in a key word here, today. Now the word in the Bible, content, means to be filled up. That's what it means, it means to be filled up. It's a picture word. Hebrews chapter 13, go with me quickly, Hebrews chapter 13, just to get a little handle on this idea of, of contentment. 13, 5, and 6 says, Let your character be free from the love of money. Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So that we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? You see, God knows what we have, and he will provide what we need. Now we can work to improve what we have, but in order to please God and not become materialistic, we have to be content with what we have today. So freedom from materialism begins with contentment with what, with what we already possess. You know, you want to fight this, this, this idea of becoming materialistic, you have to first begin by, you know, taking stock of what you have and being content with what you have, no matter what it is. It may be little and it may be a lot. Some people who have a lot, all they can think about is getting more. People who have a little, what they think about is how unfair it is that they have so little. And neither of them are happy. And so it's like, you know, wiping the slate clean and says, "Okay, this is what I have got. This is the degree of health that I have. This is the degree of education that I have. This is my life. And I'll begin, first of all, by learning to be content with what I have. It's like solid ground. Okay, that's rule number one. 1 Timothy chapter 6, very quickly. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 to 8. Paul says to Timothy, but godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. Godliness, a respect for God, a great desire to to please God, to be like God, that's godliness. He says, this attitude is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. So your spirituality and your spiritual life can benefit you, yes, very much so, if it is accompanied by contentment. But if you're not content physically with what you've got, then your piety will not produce anything because your greed will just eat away at any pious activity that you may have. Do you understand what I'm saying? All the church going, all the Bible studying, all the praying that you do will be worthless if it's not accompanied by a sense of contentment for what you do have. Okay, so first begin by being content with what you have, then your spiritual life will begin to have some profit to it. You'll make gains. All right? Um, we show this by, uh, excuse me, 6, 6, uh, and then he says in verse 7, For we have brought nothing into the world, so we, can take, uh, so we cannot take anything out of it either. And if we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. Well, we didn't bring anything in. We can't bring anything with us. We can't bring, he doesn't mention here, we can't bring anything material with us, but we can bring spiritual things with us. That's what I said at the beginning. We can bring faith with us, love with us, joy with us, peace with us, forgiveness with us, self-control with us. You know, we can bring all those things with us, but our bank accounts, our RSPs, those things, you know, we can't bring those things with us. And so, we demonstrate contentment when we can genuinely be grateful. And so, we show. If someone says, "Okay, I'm content. How do I show I'm content? How do I physically express this?" Contentment is physically and emotionally expressed in thanksgiving. Okay? That's how you do it. All right, And it's a cycle. The more you get into the habit of giving thanks, the greater your sense of contentment will be. It's a cycle. It begins by saying thank you, and the thank you acknowledges that you re- understand what you have and you're grateful for it, and the, and, and, you know, and the feedback that comes back is a, a sense of contentment, and the contentment grows to, to produce more desire to give thanks, and the, and the giving of thanks kind of works back, and eventually you start being kind of a happy person, no matter what you got. Okay? Be thankful for the degree of health, wealth, and comfort that you possess. You may have a sore back or a sore knee, or a, you may suffer from allergies or something like that. And, and what you may be saying is, "Why can't I just feel good like this person over here? this person over here never sneezes?" You know, but every year, three months out of the year, I sneeze, I cough. You know, why can't I make you know, you know, and you, be content for the you know for the other nine months when you don't sneeze. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's the old, old half full type uh, theory. And then finally, <clears throat> number two, if you want to avoid materialism, be rich in good deeds. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19. I know I'm late back there, sorry. Um, it says, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of, what, uh, of that which is life indeed. Happiness comes from giving and not getting and true happiness can only be obtained by sharing what we have with others. Wealth does not produce peace of mind, but being rich in good works does. Give. Give. The biggest danger with illness or depression is that you tend to begin focusing on self. And when you begin to focus on self, you lose focus totally of what life's all about. Especially as Christians, our lives are not supposed to be focused on self, but on others. We're not worried. God will take care of us. His desire is to bless others through us. And so giving eradicates the danger of becoming materialistic. And materialism, of course, is is the innate desire to always possess. Whatever we have, God has given it to us to use in the service of others so that His name will be honored. All right so let 's just summarize Number one, materialism <clears throat> is a dangerous attitude whereby a person 's only goal is to acquire things because they believe that acquiring things will produce happiness in some way. Number two, people fall victim to this attitude because they think that happiness excuse me that, that uh, possessing things will bring them happiness. Number three, materialism is wrong because one, it denies that God should be our first priority. God is our first priority, and when when we, when we make getting things our first priority, we fall into the sin of idolatry. Number two, it's wrong because it denies us the true happiness that comes from giving and share, uh, uh, sharing and serving. And number three, it's wrong because it denies that God does and will provide for our needs. It, actually, materialistic people are saying to God, it's okay, I can take care of myself. And that is the extreme form of, of pride. And then finally, I said, we can avoid this, this attitude by, first of all, being content with what we have and being thankful, and secondly, by, make, uh, by the making of, of uh, rather, by... by uh, I can't say it now, I've phrased it the wrong way. Secondly, make being rich in goodness and generosity the number one priority. What is my number one priority? By being rich in good works, not being rich in things. And so when you thought of those priorities at the beginning of the lesson, remember I said to you, think of the three things that are most important to you and fix them in your mind. Are you still thinking the same way? If the three things in your mind were first of all perhaps remaining faithful to Christ or serving and building up His body or uh, bringing others to Christ, then you're absolutely not materialistic and you never will be. But if you if you had three things that didn't include any of those things, then maybe you need to readjust your uh, <clears throat> your priorities. And that's what all this was about. Okay, well, we need to stop there. We're going to keep on going next week. Thank you for your attention. We'll have a little break, and then we'll get into our worship course. 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 Get into our worship